0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me Lucy Chamberlain and me Saul Walker. The spring for this year has run its course and what a beautiful way to start the gardening year it was but summer beckons with long sunny days and we hope bright and bold colours in our borders.
1: Summer is such a perfect time to enjoy time outdoors and in our gardens it's no different. All those plans made during the colder months come to fruition as fruit and flower burst forth and gardeners up and down the land can sit back only for a quick copper and enjoy these most jubilant of months. But there's still plenty of work to be done to keep such displays singing into the autumn.
0: So with tales of how Saul and I are keeping our gardens looking their best, advice on every garden aspect from a stillbees to zinnias and plenty of fruit and veg too... Join us as we delve into the long summer days in the life of the modern head gardener. Hello, Saul. Welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast, now uh, renamed the the Sweaty Talking Heads podcast. Because (laughs) I haven't stopped. I don't know about you. I'm going to put it out there straight away because, oh my goodness. It is foist. I think foisty is the word I can use in Essex at the moment because. There is rain imminent. Rain is due to come on Wednesday, so by the time this podcast comes out, which is Saturday, I will either be very grateful for the weather forecasters or I'll be shaking my fists at the television, going, "Why did you tease me?" So, yeah, we had a little bit of rain today, just enough so that I could smell our magic favorite word of petrichor. Um, and geo—it was—I I could sense the geosmin. Geosmin. That's it. Thank you. I'm getting there. Um, so, yeah, it was great that we knew rain was coming today, but we also knew by the percentage risks of it on our phones that actually it was just going to be more of a, like I say, a tantalizing waft of, of, of rain, which it did. Wednesday for us is meant to be a heavier downpour and prolonged as well. I did see, now I don't know if I like Pen Allen anymore or not, because she posted up on Twitter a wonderful picture, a video, sorry. Did you see this?
1: I did. Of that- rain. God, did you see a garden? God, it needs it. I was well, thinking, it, poor yeah. Penn. Uh, yeah. Poor Penn, but I yes, mean, rain. Yeah. Which,
0: which neck of the woods is Penn in?
1: She's in France, actually. She lives in France.
0: Ah, oh, so, so it might that, be coming our way.
1: Yeah, they've been having... Well, i got to say, if we're if we're suffering, France has been well, yeah. almost desertified. Is that the word? Desertificated? I don't know what the word oh, is. Goodness. Turned into a desert. They've had it really <laughs> bad. But yes, the rain came for her. For us, it was 10 miles north. Didn't even bother making an appearance around you.
0: That's again just teasing. I do like you, Ben. I like you very much. I was only teasing. It was just (laughs) the video of the rain falling. And it was honestly, if you can find it on Twitter and it got retweeted loads of times, it was very, very popular. It is just (laughs) the most delicious video to watch, but also massively frustrating when you haven't got any rain in your own garden. So uh, Mm. I'm really happy. I am genuinely really happy for you. Uh, I I do hope you can wave your arms sufficiently that you it towards Essex and Devon because uh, we are. We are Please. lacking. Yeah. Please,
1: yeah. we need rain. We need some kind of moisture. Cooler today for me, probably a bit cooler than over in the southeast, which is good. Mm. So at least I could actually uh, wander around without feeling like uh, a swamp monster uh, all day, which was which was which was nice. But yeah, we definitely need the rain. the The plants, I got to say, some of the tree the trees, the larger trees are really starting to show down our neck of the woods. Into yeah. Well, you would call them autumn colours, but you can tell that they're coming from more from stress than actually the natural change in the seasons. I'm, I'm, so, I am slightly worried about a few bits and pieces. One of the things you do have to watch out for at this time of year is sudden limb drop, and it does. What? It is associated. <laughs> you are not...
0: falling off. What? <laughs> yeah. You Don't well, tell, tell me what. about things like this. Very. I'm a very uh, anxious ridden lady at the moment. That's not going to help <laughs> yeah. me. It comes with your hormones, Lucy.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, no
0: <don't>, uh, <laughs> we talked about that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should record our pre conversations. They would be fascinating for everyone. I'm
1: yeah. sure <laughs> no, it's trees. We are talking trees here, and uh, oaks and beeches, especially poplars as well. Uh, in this kind of weather, they just shed branches. So yeah. please do be careful if you're out in some large estate gardens. I'm, I'm sure a lot of them, I know the National Trust are on it, but if you're in a, another garden, just be careful if you're under an oak tree or something. Oh, yeah. They can lose their branches all of a sudden. You know, It's something to watch out for.
0: This happened when I was working at Wisley, so we're talking 20 or 25 years ago. And uh, the shop uh, had a huge big oak tree over it, in that actually happened like you say the limb was perfectly green and healthy and had obviously been like all the trees on uh, Wisley would have been assessed by the tree officers and, and checked to be safe and then all of a sudden yep, crack fell right onto the shop roof luckily it didn't go through and didn't harm anyone but it was a huge limb it was literally you know a, a foot more diameter and it just went so yeah as I say I echo okay, your settlement sentiments it can be quite a quite a dangerous thing
1: yeah it's a, it's a natural process so don't worry too much for the tree it's what they're doing to protect themselves in some ways but uh not good for anything underneath the trees obviously so do watch your heads now we've got loads to talk about actually um I know. first thing first thing we to talk about is podcast related so mm-hmm. bear with us with the boring bits we've had three people donate to us on our buy me a coffee or buy that's me a plant that's not boring that's wonderful Oh, it's not boring. No, that's true because we're we're always very, we're very grateful. We are always grateful for people donating. So Kevin, um, someone who remains anonymous. So anonymous source. Thank you very much. (laughs) But also Martin. Now Martin's donated to us no more than three times already. We know Martin quite well. He's the winner of our secateurs competition, our Nowaki mm. secateurs competition. And we've also met him in person a few times now. And he's he a, bought me
0: custard creams. He's the top of my Christmas card list.
1: He's a genuinely good fellow. Lives around here as well. So a good Devon uh, lad. So thank you very much, all of you, for uh, donating. Much appreciated.
0: Yeah, yeah. All that's lads in Devon are good, aren't they?
1: I'm sure. Well, well most of us. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But no, that is... I, I, We've mentioned it before. Uh, It is wonderful. Uh, So thank you very, very much for for that. I have breaking news. It's literally happened
1: today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That'll do you. That's great. Um, We're buying a summer house. I'm so excited oh, at last. This, is,
1: now, this, this has been going on for a bit. I oh, knew yeah, I knew you were years. buying a summer house, but yeah. yes.
0: Yeah, about four years we've been umming and ahhing and erring and ooing and, and whatever else you do to procrastinate and not actually make the decision. But we've done it now. We have today placed our order for a summer house. And this is my own garden at home. It's not about East Donovan Hall. This is just selfishly about me at the moment and <laughs> my husband and our lovely family and the joy that we're going to get from transforming the bottom of our garden into something that's a bit more um akin to socializing at the moment it's more of a well a, a mass of potential weed growth and and bare soil so it's been a bit depressing for the last few years but we've done it now we've we've taken the leap a lovely corner house um so very very excited about that but it means so my long term plan so is with this summer house that's going to be down the bottom is to kind of cloak it with exotics and tropics. Yes. I thought you'd like that. Yes.
1: Yeah. I knew that was going to happen. I have this imagination <laughs> of you with a tiki bar, uh, Ian yeah. uh, reclining with a kind of... In the
0: hammock. H- We've got the hammock already.
1: ...fosters or something. Yeah, the hammock, the hot tub. Did you I see the chair see on now.
0: Twitter? Did you see the chair? My, my the, new hanging is chair. the hanging yes. chair, I am, you know, as everybody is uh, through lockdown and, and, and obviously... If, if, for months onwards after that appreciating our outdoor space and what it can do for us and so I'm I'm incredibly excited Uh, there are going to be lots and lots of pots of music anifolia lots of rice and lots of amaranth lots of maybe some more I might commit to some more long-term exotics because I do have a Mm -hmm. an issue with overwintering them in the space where I can overwinter them so Um, but yeah that is top breaking news in the Chamberlain household so
1: We'll we will just send you some. I'll just send you more hardy ones. I tell you what, there, uh, there's lots. I, I can. I, I'm going to come down and design the area. If you've decided, oh, like yeah. oh
0: gosh, oh well, that's come down very and give exciting. You
1: some, <laughs> give you some first-hand advice.
0: Oh, and the impatiens Instinctoria that you gave me at BBC Gardens World oh. Live has made a second flush because we did experience a bit of a hot weekend then, and it got seared back more than uh, we were anticipating. But it's come back. It's come back looking really good and strong. So I'm very excited about that. I don't know if it's going to flower much this year, but it's, at least it's it's doing its thing. Um, and your Bragmansias are still doing their thing. Your gingers st- are still doing their thing. They're all hanging on in there. Uh, my pepper, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I need to get to the back where I've stashed all the pots. Um, it's looking a bit autumnal, so I don't oh know dear. what's going on with that. Its drought tolerance has been tested to the limits this summer. So, yeah.
1: Well, we're looking forward to seeing more of the uh, the summer house. I'm I, uh, my news is a bit more uh, well, my normal life really. I've got a quite a busy week. I'm off tomorrow to Rest Park in Bedfordshire oh, lovely. Um, to uh, spend a couple of days with the Tender Ornamental Committee, the RHS Committee. We've got a, a little bit of a garden tour. We're off to Rest Park and then Waddesdon Manor, and then down to Folly Farm, which has recently had a redesign. Well, semi recently. By Dan Pearson, so we were quite excited, quite excited to be out and about again. It's been a couple of weeks since. uh, Actually, it's probably yeah, Gardeners World Live was probably the last time I broke from the Devon borders to actually go and do things. So that's quite that's quite a bit of time ago now. So it'd be nice to get out. Mm. And then later in the week is the RHS Rosemore Flower Show, where I am building a stand for the Hardy Plant Society. Oh, wow. How exciting. Yeah, that should be good. I, I'm looking forward to... I am, I'm just looking forward to getting out of Stoner's Garden. I think we've mentioned loads of times that our gardens are great. We love them and we love being there, but there's nothing better than getting away just for a couple of days, mm. getting some inspiration, some new ideas, meeting friends, whatever it is, uh, some other garden activity... Just to keep the juices going. I think I I think with the heat, especially and just the lack of rain, being at Stonelands every day has been, well, it's not depressing, but you know, just a little bit grating, if you know what I mean. Just watching plants, not doing mm. so well, and just thinking when's it all going to end? I think a little bit of time away from Stonelands is gonna do me the world of good. So yeah. this week is the week to do it. So I'm quite happy. Or, or I'm looking forward to actually going to see some other gardens. I suspect they're going to be quite yellow like mine, but at least then I can feel like I'm not the only one. I think when you're in your own garden and you see your grass going yellow and the plants looking a little bit dishevelled, yeah. you become a bit inwards looking, don't you? And think, oh, it's just me. Oh, everyone else is doing so well, especially when you look on social media or things. Uh, but actually, most of the country's in exactly the same boat, so I'm not going to worry so much.
0: Good. Good. Well, I I did what you were doing this week. Last week, I had a lovely couple of days out last week i went to the uh, mr Pothergill's press day
1: which oh, yes. uh, in,
0: in Newmarket, which is really mm-hmm. exciting and lovely it's it's such a, a a wonderful event i feel so lucky to be invited to it but essentially mr Pothergill's grow loads of their varieties that are existing in the catalogue but also lots of new ones as well and you can see them growing side by side and compare and contrast and think oh that's really nice i'm going to grow that next year or oh you know I've never seen that one before. I, and so I saw some wonderful produce. Now there are flowers there. I would talk about the flowers. The flowers always look fantastic. Um, but I was particularly taken by there was a watermelon that I think oh. is going to be really exciting and an amaranth. I'm trying amaranth this year for the first time, and I'm of the understanding that the winnowing process can be a little bit tricky. I'm very mindful of that, but I, I just want to try and see for myself what it's like. Yeah. So of the two edibles that I you know I think I mentioned them on Twitter if you want to see the variety names it's all photographs of them and and variety names on Twitter all the details there but such a a lovely day and all your peers are there as well all the other you know sort of like gardening journalists are there so we have a a lovely chat they lay on a fabulous lunch absolutely fabulous lunch so that was wonderful there was even a Suffolk punch horse there because they were launching a new sweet pea and it had links to Suffolk and the Suffolk Punch Horse Trust, I think, was the official name for it. And funds were going from the sweet pea sales to to that, which was really, you know, oh, I love the fact that Father Gill's do that as a seed company. That's so to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, encouraged and celebrated. And then the very next yeah. day, uh, I went to Hyde Hall with my friend for a bit of a family day out. But we also had made sure we hot-footed it up to the Global Growth Veg Garden to see the wonderful Matt Oliver. Oh, my goodness. He delivered the most <laughs> amazing experience. Um, and again, this is on Twitter. You'll see me making my right mess of myself. Uh, he gave us a, a melon to taste. It was called Mango Mel. It was beautifully ripe. It was, as he cut into it, the juice just literally cascaded. I wasn't, it didn't just drip out. It gushed out of this melon. It was as sensational. I had to do my best straddling in the greenhouse, literally just holding the melon in front of me and straddling it and just shoving my face in it and just gnawing. It was just the most amazing <laughs> experience it was not it wasn't sometimes when you chill fruits they lose their aromatics but this was like yeah. warm and um it just it in incredible it's going to be one of my horticultural highlights for a very very long time so thank you Matt if you're listening I know you do sometimes so it was a wonderful experience for the for everybody who was there so that yeah I can definitely echo so that getting out and about is a wonderful thing to do
1: yeah, especially when you've got good friends in the industry and just visiting and seeing what they're up to. We know Matt is an arch veg grower, just like yourself. So it's it's kind of a it's a kind of a meeting of minds when oh, it comes it to yeah. these things. I could things. have been there
0: all day. I could have been there yeah. all day
1: with him. So. I, and I'd like to say good luck to Matt in his dahlia competitions. I know that the dahlia. Uh, season the shows are coming up and I know he's an arch dahlia grower in his allotment yeah. at home. I think he's not he's no longer doing giant pumpkins or he's now a he's now a dahlia grower. So um I think he's
0: yeah. been just budding like crazy in the last few weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah so. yeah so good good luck to him. So yes, lots to do, even though we are all a bit warm doing it. But um it's good to know that we can still get out and about and do all things horticultural. And we should say that in a couple of weeks we're gonna be at Audley End for um Gardeners mm-hmm. World uh autumn fair yes uh we bring we will record a uh session from that but um if you're going come and see us that's all i can say come and say hello yeah and uh to say hi. are we are we gonna say Brig biscuits <laughs> that, that backfired on us last time
0: <laughs> i don't think I'd, i don't know you've got your definition of is very peculiar i thought it was fantastic i got about six double packs of custard creams i was very happy so you know by all means if you fancy bringing some custard creams for me, obviously Saul's now put it out there that he does not want any Nobs. He's no, fine with that. What? So, no, but, don't do that. you know, I'm, I'm very happy to be the recipient of my favorite biscuit.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes. Please do chocolate hobnobs, especially. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Much, much wanted. Right. Let's move on to something more <laughs> horticultural, because um, you can't help but notice that uh, dry weather is dominating most of the news, or it has done for a bit of time. And we are starting. Well, actually, we are in drought. Uh, this yeah. part of the country, uh, Devon and Cornwall, is part of the group of counties that have officially announced that we're in dra- drought. I don't think Essex was on the list when I, I looked at it.
0: So no, no, I know that. Hampshire's it's probably just host... permanent, <laughs> <laughs> well exactly yeah. we're just used to it. I think Hampshire's got hose pipe bands, mm-hmm. and other counties have, but we haven't got hose pipe bands just yet, so
1: Cornwall was announced today, Cornwall and oh, okay. the northwest of Devon, luckily not my area, so I'm not quite covered by it mm. um to be honest it wouldn't be a problem at work. Uh, we got private water supply, which we'll talk about we in a, in a second, but um at home. Uh, yeah I've been thinking about well again we'll talk about it in a second because I've been doing some very glamorous water conservation over the weekend and that there we go what a lead into that is that is what slick. we're going to slick that is what <laughs> we're going to be talking about tonight which is water conservation and what how we really should be probably in the future because you know if if all the science is correct this is not going to be uh, once in every 40 years it's going to be coming quite regular round, and we need to start thinking about how we're going to conserve, save, store water, uh, especially for our gardens. Because at the end of the day, when a hosepipe ban comes, we're not allowed to use them on our gardens, and it gets quite tricky at that point, especially if you've got a lot of things like me that need watering. So, yeah, we're going to have a look at how we we want to conserve our our water use, and we do, you know, we do want to make sure that we have enough water because without water all of life doesn't exist we're not just talking plants we're talking all all of us you know it's shocking I think the things that I've read and it it's quite sad that it takes a drought for us to realize the amount of water that we to we get through but the amount of water that we use every day just existing yeah is quite shocking really and and we need to really start thinking about decreasing that amount
0: we do we do I think what I've been um observing and, and like you try and reaffirm it by reading up on in various um you know articles and or websites just to think, yeah, have we got the grip on this now? As far as I can understand it, we might still be getting maybe the same amount of water, but it, it's possibly going to be falling a lot more in the winter and a lot less in the summer. I think that's my understanding of it. So volume wise it might be we still get the same amount annually. I know in Essex it's about five hundred and fifty mil per year. That tends tends to be quite standard. Right. Um but I think and this is why we want to talk about these topics tonight. If it all falls in the winter and we're not ready for it and we're not conserving it or or collecting it and harvesting it, uh, come the summer we're going to be in a muddle if we love our gardens. So, yeah, we've talked about drought-resistant plants and the modification. So tonight it's more about the watering and the conservation of of that and how to, for me, collect it. Um, One thing I did at the weekend, uh, and this is such a simple thing that everyone can do and maybe lots of you are already doing it, I just bought myself a truck, a square truck, to sit to sit right by my kitchen sink. And it sits nicely in a little corner. It's all very uh, convenient and out of the way. And what I'm doing now is collecting all the water that I'm using for washing veg or um, even washing up. I don't put much detergent in my, my washing up water. Uh, and the volume of stuff I'm collecting you know even when i've been cooking veg and then i drain the water out once it's cooled down it can go straight in there as well it's absolutely perfectly fine uh volume of water i've been collecting in the last couple of days i really was surprised that it actually made me realize how much i tip down the sink i was i felt embarrassed to not have realized it before uh we're on water meters most people are now on water meters and um a it saves money we all know our utility bills are going up but also it's going to save the lives of my plants i've been as you have saw watching plants curl up and die in my back garden my policy is i I do try not to water too much um i've always been of the mindset of to try and grow plants a little hard you know don't try and give them too much because then they become dependent on it but saying that yeah there's been things that have been shriveling up and i don't know if they're going to come back or not but my approach now is right okay let me collect some water and what we, this is called grey water. We should clarify that this is what we what we're doing here. What we're talking about is using grey water in the garden, which is something that during times of of drought is what we can do. Um, but yeah, that's a mindset that I'm just really really embracing, and it's so simple and straightforward. Uh, with detergents, I, I just want to clarify because I'm keeping the soapy water. And uh, when I was at, at Wisley, so this is like I say about twenty twenty five years ago the advice then was um, that, yeah, or sorry, you can keep water that's got detergents in it, but you must then use that on different areas of the garden so to rotate it around. So you're not just giving one plant all the soapy water again and again. Move it around so that it doesn't accumulate in the soil too much. And um, I hadn't realised, this has changed from when I was giving out the advice 25 years ago. You can actually now use the water from your washing machine even though it's got detergents in it, you can actually, if you're a bit savvy with your plumbing and your pipework, you can collect the water from your washing machine. Dishwashers you can't because of the salt content in the dishwasher water that comes off the dishwasher. So salts can actually harm the structure of soils and make them what we call sodic, and it breaks down the structure, and makes them very well. You know, like you know, like when you see a riverbed and it's all silty and claggy and puddled, yeah, and literally just like the most sticky clay you'd ever imagine. That's what salt will do to the soil structure. It can it physically damages it. So dishwasher salts uh aren't really recommended to be used as in the garden as grey water. And also if you've got a water softening unit, so what water softening units do, and this is this is still the case, as in you know this this is what I was saying 25 years ago. It's still the case, technology hasn't changed, what they do is they take the calcium out of the water and they replace it with sodium, which is essentially salt, sodium chloride. So, again, if you've got a water softening unit, you do need to be very mindful of using that water in the garden, probably best avoided, avoid it. Or if you really want to be conservation-minded, don't use the water softener in the first place.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jill, I, I was thinking, and I completely agree with you, I think that what's going to happen with the weather is we're going to have a lot of rain mm. at one point and none at the other. And really, we need it spread out. It's the extremes, isn't it? That's what's really, I think, that's what climate change for the UK is going to mean. We're going to have these extremes. Exactly, And, And And I think the real problem for us to grip is how are we going to store water? For the from one period when there's too much mm. to the next period where there's too little. And I think that's quite hard in gardening as well. Obviously, we've been doing it for many years. You know, we have water butts, we have ponds, we have ways of storing water, but I don't think we have ways of storing a lot of water, actually, in horticulture. Mm. And what we tend to find, and I, I've definitely found this out talking to other people, is for that first three weeks of when we had no rain, fine, water butt kept us going got into August, the start, the turn of August, and everyone's almost run out and we're having to go back to the the mains water, which is what we want to try and avoid. So I think storage is going to become interesting. Uh, Lots of people have turned to these uber-sized, almost commercial water storage things. You can either sink them in. I've seen them sunk in the garden. Some people dress them up or put a bit of fencing around them and things. I think they're getting more prevalent. I think they can hold something like 2,000... Maybe three thousand liters of water, Mm, and yeah. So I think that's something we have to. So water butts are going to, you know, it used to be you have these small ones in the corners of your by the corner of your shed or by by your house. I think they're going to have to get just a little bit more, I don't know, serious in in their storage capacity. Mm. You know, I think I think this also comes down to a bit of planning and uh, we're probably going to venture into a bit of politics here. We try not to venture into politics on the Talking Heads podcast. But I just think that planning should include more water storage capacity that can then be reused by the communities around them. Whether it is community-orientated, like large ponds or swales or rain gardens are becoming Mm -hmm. quite a a more talked-about practice, or whether all housing should have a large sunk tank to hold either fresh water or like you were saying grey water as well just to you know to take the water that we're using in every day like you i am was amazed when I'll, I'll tell you the story in a second but i'm amazed by the amount of water we use but i do think that our housing should get more resilient towards storing this water for then use in the drier times yeah um and we should, like should, we, we, should t- we should carry on talking
0: very quickly i know what you're gonna say yeah. we need to let's talk about Grey water, because I think you're going to talk about grey water and so am I. So when yeah. I was in Bournemouth, I had an upstairs flat and obviously the bathroom was upstairs. And what I could, what I purchased was a siphon went out of the bathroom window down into a water bucket. And I will let Saul explain what that is all about.
1: Yeah. So obviously we use a lot of water in bathing. This is probably our, our number one use of water in the household is when we're either showering or when we're having a bath and you'll be amazed the amount of water there is and the amount of usable water especially mm-hmm. after you used it um so uh we've been using our bathtub now here's the admittance of the walker hawker household we've been using <laughs> our bathtub as a makeshift dipping pond because we're not having baths That's at it. the moment saving water no baths um but it's a whole big vessel in the ba- in the bathroom that can hold loads of water. So uh, when we cook our eggs, when we boil our eggs, the water into the bathtub. When we have uh, uh, a shower, you can collect some water in buckets or something into the bathtub.
0: You can stand so in the truck in the shower. I saw someone doing that on Instagram the other day. Exactly. Off to them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so, there's so much water you, that you can collect after use around the house. And I, we've just been putting... You've been using your little, uh, your little um, box, your little truck. your little trug. Little trug. Your little yeah. trug. Uh, we've been using the bathtub, and it's got about halfway full. And then we bought ourselves or we're going to bar because the bathtub's still full i've been just dipping the watering can in the moment going outside going to get ourselves a submersible pump which then we can pump the water out or siphon it if you live a bit higher up it's very lucky if you got two we're in a bungalow here in plymouth so it's not quite siphon siphon friendly but you can buy little small submersible pumps not not too expensive and you can pump the water out into any empty water butts you have for use around the garden. And the funny thing is, the funny thing I find is it's really simple. I know. That's the thing. And I just think we get, we're just very um, naive, not naive, what's the word? We're creatures of
0: habit, I think that's what we yeah. yeah.
1: And I think when we see a lot of water, and this, this um, Emerald Isle of ours is famed for the amount of water we get. We're not quite that used to drought. But I think we get very complacent, like you say, the amount of water we throw away that we could be using, mm. uh, even if it is just to refill your water butt outside and then reuse in the garden. So there's a lot of, just a mind frame change, just a cultural shift. Just, and it ha- doesn't have to be huge either. It's not it's not like it's a huge ask, I don't think. It's just part of gardening practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: We, we should say again, with showers and baths, the detergents that you put in there, by the time they're diluted with the volume of, water you have in your shower bar they're not going to harm the plants again just practice that rotation if you possibly can and with this water that's been in contact this is where it gets a bit grizzly with your hair and your skin okay don't store that water for more than 24 hours because it will get a little bit perfumed so if you're using shower bath water so i use as I, say, I used to have a cipher well it was like i literally used to put the pump in the bar press it a few times and then the feed of gravity so it was all manual it just would start sucking it up and then it would go yeah. down into the water pot. And I'd collect it that evening and then I'd go and water my garden. And that was really simple. So, yeah, do use it within 24 hours.
1: Do you know, Nick mentioned something to me, which I thought was quite funny. We use Epsom salts in our bath. Oh, I, use yeah, I use Epsom salts. I use Epsom salts in the garden. It never occurred to oh. me that they're just the same thing. Yeah. You know, the stuff we use in the bath is the same as the stuff that I'll put in the watering can. Brilliant. So you're already inbuilt feed. I might start washing myself with grow more. <laughs> we'll see how that does. I'm not sure it's going to... You
0: don't need to grow anymore, for goodness sake. You're big enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Walker. I've okay. been in the vertical sense. Um, I just want to talk about, and we, you already talked about it, the underground storage tanks. Now, we actually have these... Mm installed at the hall, and they've been there for, uh, I, I, God, 10, 15 years. They do capture a huge amount of water off the massive main lean-to greenhouse we have against the west-facing wall of the wall yeah. kitchen garden. They are brilliant. And I do think that if you're having, for example, any patio work done or anything that requires you to do some excavations, stop and think, can yes. I put an underground water tank in that area? Because honestly, that is the way to do it. They are They are big, big beasts but what we've done at the hall is we've got the the kind of lid that you take off and you can get your your watering can in there and dip it in you could get a pump if you wanted to as well if you've got difficulty with you with your back for example but it's hidden you can get stuff growing all over it you can have you know soil over the whole tank and you only got to have a few inches to grow you know drought loving plants It, it they can be so unobtrusive in your garden but the amount of water they can hold is Phenomenal! This thing has never ever dried out, and we're in Essex, the driest county in the UK. It, it, on the, I, I we're going to have some work done on our house maybe a few years down the line, and it will involve an extension and making a new patio. I so am going to put one of these massive big underground tanks in the garden. It is just absolutely given.
1: Yeah, no, like I say, and I just think it, again, without getting too political, I just think it should be part of planning policy for yeah. definitely, definitely for new builds now. Um, we're sort of coming to the end, and I think the big the, the big takeaway is that everyone should really start storing water because these thing these problems are going to be more and more exacerbated. I don't think we can get drought every year. It'd be very interesting no. to see what happens next year. If we do get a drought next year, that is going to be a lot more difficult than this year.
0: Well, cast your mind back to last year. Last year was grim. I got tomato yeah. blight in June because it was so exactly. consistently wet. So we do have very short memories with this because the news pumps all kind of like stuff into our brains but yeah it will be interesting to see what happens next
1: year but we definitely want to capture the water when it comes don't just let it fall away and also think about the stuff that you're using at home there's plenty of water out there we just need to be using it a little bit more wisely and so we've come to the end of another episode of our podcast We hope you at least learnt a new horticultural fact or have been excited to hear our latest musings. For us, summer is a full-on period both inside and outside our gardens and every week we hope to bring you along with us as we experience life through our head gardener's eyes. It is, most of the time, one of the best jobs on the planet.
0: If you've enjoyed listening to us, we'd love you to leave a review via your preferred podcast provider or social media platform. Interact with us via our Twitter accounts, at Gardening Soul and at Head lc. Lucy is also over on Instagram, again, at Head lc. If you feel so inclined, you can even support us via our Buy Me A Coffee webpage. Find the link at the bottom of the podcast description.
1: Long lazy days in the garden are one of the joys at this time of year. We hope you enjoy them in your personal patch and that listening to us bringing you on our gardening journey inspires you to try out something new. The garden is such a haven for experimentation and learning. So,
0: until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye!